0: It's Monday, March the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the oil price and markets plunge, and a ceasefire holds in Idlib for now. First, the world in brief. Stock markets and bond yields plunged on Monday after Saudi Arabia started an oil price war on rival producers. With the spread of the new coronavirus depressing oil demand, big crude exporters had been expected to agree production cuts. But Russia refused, prompting Saudi Arabia to offer price discounts and announce an increase in output. The drama spooked investors, resulting in a 30% collapse in the oil price, a broad drop in equities and a fall in American bond yields to a new record low. Italy placed nearly 16 million people in its northern and central provinces under quarantine due to COVID-19. On Sunday, the total number of infections jumped 25% to 7,375. Schools, museums, nightclubs and other venues will close across the whole country. The number of worldwide cases of the coronavirus responsible for COVID-19 surpassed 110,000, with more than 3,800 deaths. California Senator Kamala Harris endorsed Joe Biden as the Democratic Party's presidential candidate. It is a boost for Mr. Biden, who completed a stunning political comeback in the Super Tuesday primaries last week. Miss Harris herself dropped out of the race last December. It is now a straight fight between the moderate Mr. Biden and left-winger Bernie Sanders. Three members of Saudi Arabia's royal family were arrested in a move that has been read as an effort by the crown prince and de facto ruler Mohammed bin Salman to consolidate his power. The arrested men included a brother and a nephew of King Salman, who the Wall Street Journal reported had been accused of plotting a coup. President Donald Trump has named a fourth chief of staff. Mark Meadows, a congressman from North Carolina, replaces Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief. Mr. Meadows, who is retiring from Congress, is a staunch ally of the president and takes the job as Mr. Trump is gearing up for re-election. Mr. Mulvaney becomes special envoy for Northern Ireland. The European Union will hold a meeting with Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan to discuss the migrant crisis. Under a deal struck in 2016, the EU promised to provide 6 billion euros, 6.8 billion dollars, to Turkey to help keep millions of refugees, mainly from Syria, within its borders. But under the pressure of renewed fighting in Syria, Turkey says that it will no longer respect the deal as it stands. And marches and protests took place across the world to mark the UN-designated International Women's Day. In Pakistan, women took to the streets in defiance of threats of violence and legal challenges. In Mexico, women stenciled the names of some of the 3,000 victims of femicide in the country since 2016 on the pavement in front of the National Palace in the capital. And now, here's today's agenda. Scotland's hashtag MeToo moment, Alex Salmond in court. Alex Salmond, Scotland's former First Minister, goes on trial today over allegations of sexual assault dating from his time in office. Mr Salmond will appear at the High Court in Edinburgh to face 14 charges of alleged assaults against 10 women, including an attempted rape. He denies all the allegations. Mr Salmond, then leader of the Scottish National Party, led Scotland's devolved government from 2007 to 2014, leading the pro-independence campaign to defeat in a referendum on breaking away from the United Kingdom. The trial risks overshadowing the SNP's preparations for next year's elections to the Edinburgh Parliament, as well as its push for a second referendum. Nicola Sturgeon, his successor as First Minister, last month said that the global hashtag MeToo movement had led her to reassess the way men in politics had behaved towards her. It was just the kind of thing you put up with, she told the Times. Crooked Cops, Duterte's Drug Warriors The Philippine National Police Force is due to submit to the government today the findings of its investigation of 356 police officers whom President Rodrigo Duterte suspects of involvement in the illegal drug trade. Evidence of such involvement may open a new front in Mr Duterte's lethal war on drugs, which has killed thousands of people without much curtailing the trade. Since the killings began in 2016, the price of the commonest drug, methamphetamine, has fallen, signifying that supply continues to outstrip demand. The price is among several indications that the war on drugs is, in reality, a turf war among drug gangs. And gangs composed of police officers, or protected by them, are winning. Mr Duterte's war will seem less of a deadly sham if he acts on evidence in the police report about crooked cops, assuming, that is, it contains any. A taste of justice, the MH17 trial begins. For the 298 victims of Malaysian Airlines flight MH17, shot down by a Russian army missile over Ukraine in 2014, even a hint of justice has been a long time coming. But today, a court in the Netherlands will commence the criminal trial of four men, three Russians and one Ukrainian, accused of playing crucial roles in the decision to fire the missile. The defendants will be absent, represented only by their lawyers, since Russia does not extradite its nationals abroad and the location of the Ukrainian is unknown. But the biggest absence of all will be that of the Russian government, which bears the ultimate responsibility for supplying and probably firing the missile. No one believes that whoever fired the missile intended to shoot down an airliner. Rather, they probably assumed the plane belonged to the Ukrainian Air Force and did not bother to check. It is unknown how all of the accused will plead the trial is expected to last until at least the end of the year no more romance on the levant lebanon's debt crisis a country once dubbed the switzerland of the middle east now looks more like argentina today lebanon will fail to repay a 1.2 billion dollar euro bond its first ever sovereign default Even in the darkest days of the civil war in the 1980s, the state honoured its debts. It will be harder still now to restructure a mountain of liabilities worth $90 billion, more than 150% of GDP, not least because a haircut threatens the balance sheets of local banks, which hold two thirds of government debt. Lebanon, in the grip of a currency crisis, had little choice but to default. The central bank's dollar assets fall short of its foreign currency liabilities. With dollars scarce, the Lebanese pound has collapsed. Unemployment and poverty are climbing. Lebanon will probably have no choice but to call in the IMF. Corrupt politicians have looted the country for decades. There is nothing left to steal. Ceasefire in Syria. Holding for now. For the million or so people escaping the brutal offensive by the Syrian government against rebels and extremists in the country's Idlib province, the ceasefire agreement that Turkey and Russia struck on March 5 may offer a brief respite, but little more. Over the preceding week, following a deadly airstrike against its troops, Turkey bombed hundreds of Syrian regime targets around the province. Russia, whose warplanes provide Syrian forces with air cover, stood aside to avoid confrontation with NATO's second biggest army. Although Turkey had the momentum, Russia's President Vladimir Putin persuaded his counterpart Recep Tayyip Erdogan to allow the regime to cement the gains it had made earlier. Even so, Russia and the Syrian regime remain determined to retake Idlib and will doubtless use the pause in the fighting to regroup. Further clashes are thus inevitable. Unless outside powers step in, the ring of fire drawn around the hungry and cold refugees huddled near Turkey's border will continue to close. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Hector Berlioz, who passed away on March 8th, 1869. Time is a great teacher, but unfortunately it kills all its pupils. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.